Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And in this conversation, we're going to be discussing the importance of preaching. We're going to be doing so by talking about someone who the Lord gifted greatly to preach his word and that we greatly uh, admire and respect uh, on our podcast, and that is Albert Martin. And to help us think through the subject of our conversation, the preaching of Albert Martin, we have the privilege of speaking with uh, Dr. Brian Borgman. So welcome to the podcast, Brian. Well, thank you guys very much. Yeah, it is our privilege to get to uh, talk with you. You have written a book, uh, My Heart for Thy Cause. We just want to state that at the beginning of this podcast. We might question you more a little bit about your specific title uh, in the later parts of this episode. But uh, you've never been on our show before, and we're grateful to get to talk with you. And as Dewey made known in our chat before the podcast, you have an excellent backdrop. So we're thankful to have you on video as well. But brother, uh, since you've never come on, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, whatever you want to tell them about yourself. Yeah, sure. I <clears throat> am married to Ariel. We've been married since 1987. I have three kids, Ashley, Zach, Alex. They're all grown and out of the home. I have six grandkids, uh, four grandsons, two granddaughters. And in 1993, after finishing my, my MDiv, we moved here to the Carson Valley in northern Nevada and planted uh, Grace Community Church. We're a confessional Reformed Baptist church coming up on our um, 30th uh, anniversary this next year, or I guess, yeah, so 94 was when we officially started, so next year we'll hit 30 years, and um, I <clears throat> um, love pastoring, I love preaching, I love God's people. Uh, we had a wonderful, blessed Lord's Day yesterday, and uh, it's just, uh, so, uh, you know, I have different hobbies and things, but uh, really just love where we live. It's it's a great place, and I'm thankful to God for my family and my church family. Amen. Dr. Borgman, um, it's a joy to have you on, not just because of our, our mutual love for having dead animals on the wall. Uh, I've got four, the wall in front of me, and I know you've got one, the wall behind the, uh, the camera, but um, really excited to be able to discuss uh, your book, My Heart for Thy Cause, and to expound some of the, the key elements of Albert Martin's theology of preaching over the course of today's conversation. But uh, maybe just to begin to, to whet our audience's appetite about where we're going to be headed over the next several minutes, uh, would you be willing to start by sharing with our listeners some of what motivated you to write a book focusing on Albert Martin and his preaching of the Word of God? And maybe even as Austin mentioned, share a little bit about what went into the title of this book. Yeah, so I'll have to back up a little bit from the time the book was actually written. So I, I came to the Doctrines of Grace while I was in seminary about 1990. And uh, I had a friend who 
was totally into the Puritans, Banner of Truth books. And at first I used to argue with him all the time. And the guy just loved me and was patient. He was sort of a John Newton type guy. And one day he gave me a, a cassette tape that was by Al Martin from uh, Trinity Baptist Church. And it was on, should we celebrate Christmas? And I, I honestly, I thought, who, who in the world would ever write or preach a sermon on whether you should celebrate Christmas? Well, I listened to the sermon and it ended up being just a masterful exposition of Christian liberty. And the preaching I found to be very powerful. So I wrote, I got a catalog for Trinity Pulpit. So this is 1990, 1991. And I happened to also be the janitor, uh, one of the janitors at, at seminary. And I was in the library and we had a, a, a basement and I was down there. And I realized that they actually had a cassette tape library in the basement. And so I, I start rummaging around and I find a box that is uh, full of uh, Albert N. Martin's pastoral theology lectures. So I start checking those out as many as I could at a time. And I devoured them. And when I got to the, um, the, the theology of preaching, I was, uh, I was immediately struck <clears throat> by the fact that that this man had put so much effort into calling from what he would call the old masters and 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 really putting together a theology of preaching that was that was unlike anything I had heard. And so uh, his pastoral theology lectures were fantastic. I listened to them multiple times but it was his theology of preaching. Well, by this time, I'm now listening regularly to his sermons. Um, you know, this was long before the internet. And so you had to order tapes. <clears throat> and boy, when a, when a box of tapes would show up, it was just like Christmas, you know? And so we moved here, loved listening to Pastor Martin's preaching. And then I decided uh, through the influence of a friend at, at that time, Westminster in California had a doctor of ministry program that was started by Jay Adams. And so I enrolled in that program. And the, the only thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to engage somehow for my doctoral project with Al Martin's theology of preaching. And so when I, made the proposal. It was uh, very, very well received. At that time, Dr. Joey Piper, who's been at Greenville Seminary now for many years, he was my advisor. And of course, he was a, a very enthusiastic um, Pastor Martin supporter, uh, and especially the kind of preaching. And if you, if you kind of knew the, the, uh, the climate at Westminster in California at that time, you had some extreme um, redemptive historical practitioners. And then you had, and, and, and so Pastor Martin's preaching was not necessarily appreciated by everybody. Um, but, but Dr. Piper was a huge uh, a supporter of the project. And he 
encouraged me to get in touch with him. And so I did. I wrote him a letter and uh, I had the flu one day and I was in the shower and I felt just absolutely horrible. <clears throat> My wife pops her head in. She goes, guess who I just got off the phone with for the last half hour. And my wife is Dominican. She's incredibly gregarious and she's funny. And, and I said, who? And she said, Albert N. Martin. And I said, get out of here. And she said, no, I'm serious. Uh, he said, he hopes you get better soon. He'll call you tomorrow at noon on the dot. And uh, you know what? We're both left-handed. And she started going into all these details. They had this, this marvelous conversation for 30 minutes and never and had never met each other. So anyway, I got in touch with Pastor Martin and that started a, a friendship that I really have cherished over the years. And it started down uh, this path of, of writing um, for my, originally for my D-Men project, My Heart for Thy Cause. Now the title itself, <clears throat> of course, uh, My Heart for Thy Cause, is part of um, Calvin's coat of arms. Um, you know, my heart for thy cause, O Lord, I offer to thee promptly and sincerely. And the, the title itself ended up coming from Pastor Martin's sister because she made a comment to me in a letter that when she thought of her, of her brother and his ministry, it was Calvin's coat of arms that always uh, came to her mind, my heart for thy cause. And, and in a sense, I, I saw that as sort of the heart of his theology of preaching. That's uh, excellent to introduce our audience to uh, a little bit of the background uh, purposes for why this book was authored <clears throat> and for many of our listeners uh, brother, they might consider themselves to be Reformed Baptists or Calvinistic Baptists or Confessional Baptists or Particular Baptists. Um, I, I would guess that many of our listeners are aware of who Albert Martin is. Uh, but for our listeners who may not be, can you introduce Al Martin to our audience? You've already began to do that, but uh, can you further explain the significance of his pastoral ministry, his preaching ministry, how the Lord... Uh, has used him in his life and continues to. Yeah, I, I thought about that um, in, in preparing for uh, this podcast and the significance of his, of his ministry. I'll start there and then I'll give just a brief overview of, of his ministry. The significance of his ministry really is reflected in uh, the, the comments and observations of, of his contemporaries. And one of my favorites, if I could just in, uh, read this to you, this is, um, so of course, John Murray was one of the great, you know, theologians of the 20th century at, at Westminster. And he, with uh, some others, had started the Leicester Ministers Conference in England. And uh, the, the, that was the, uh, the origins of the Banner of Truth Conferences. And so... <clears throat> Uh, Al Martin had been invited to preach. Now, of course, John Murray is, is probably at that time, uh, this is 1967, uh, the year I was born. Uh, John Murray at that time is probably one of the most well-known Reformed theologians 
in the United States and the UK. And so John Murray writes a letter to Ian Murray of the Banner of Truth. And this, this is what he said. And this, this is just a reflection of, of Pastor Martin's significance. He says, if Al Martin is to be there, I really think he should be asked to take the three evening services that you propose for me. He is one of the ablest and most moving preachers I have ever heard. In recent years, I have not heard his equal. My memory of preacher, preachers goes back 60 years. So when I say he is one of the most able preachers, this is an, uh, an assessment that includes some very memorable preachers. And so <clears throat> if that was John Murray's assessment, basically saying, hey, um, I know I'm usually the evening speaker, but give those sessions to Al Martin. Um, you know, it may be uh, a, a clue that we're supposed to uh, take this uh, this brother seriously. Um, other other people, um, even J.I. Packer, um, I had written to Packer and asked him if he had any memories of, of, of Al Martin. And uh, J.I. Packer said that his preaching is very clear, forthright, articulate. He has a fine mind and a masterful grasp of Reformed theology in its Puritan pietistic mode. And of course, I could go on and on. Um, Pastor Edward Donnelly, who just recently go to be with the Lord. I have a lengthy uh, statement from him. But <clears throat> one of the things that's always struck me about uh, Al Martin is that, <clears throat> and if this is if this is a poor analogy, you'll have to forgive me, but you know how there are musicians, musicians, right? The, 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 the people that the musicians listen to. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's classic rock or it's country or whatever. Oftentimes, that musician or singer-songwriter is maybe not the most well-known, but the musicians and the other singer-songwriters, they all have that guy or that, that woman in common. And I really, I think of Pastor Martin in that, in that sense. He is, he is the preacher's preacher. Um, I was at a Ligonier conference one time and Sinclair Ferguson was there and, and Albert Martin was there as well. And Sinclair Ferguson says, as I drive around Scotland, he says, I always have an Al Martin tape in my car. And so that's what I mean, just a preacher's preacher. And uh, he was born in, uh, he just had his 89th birthday here not all that long ago. He was born in 1934 and uh, basically grew up in uh, in the New Jersey, Connecticut, New Jersey area and <clears throat> was raised um, in a godly home. Um, but he uh, was was converted. And um, at about age 15 or 16 and, and almost immediately started street preaching and um, Ended up going to Bob Jones University, went there for a couple of years and ends up at Columbia Bible College, which I now believe is Columbia Biblical University or, or International University in, uh, I think it's South Carolina. And so he he is prominent as a preacher, you know, I mean, even as this young man. 
and he begins an itinerant ministry. He gets married, and he is uh, preaching at camps and and meetings all over the place. And then uh, he takes a church in 1962 in New Jersey that was a Christian and Missionary Alliance church. He uh, he's there from 62 to 66 as a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor. But as he's studying the word for preaching, he starts to come to convictions that were not consistent with, with the CMA. And so he thought it best that he resigned. The church refused his resignation. Uh, they, they asked if he would take six months to walk them through the theological convictions that he had come to. And he did. And at that time, they disbanded as an alliance church and then reformed. Uh, reconstituted as Trinity Baptist Church, um, and, and they were in different areas, but of course they've been in Montville, New Jersey now for the longest period of time. And Pastor Martin, um, you know, obviously faithfully pastored there for over 50 years and uh, was uh, very well known in reform circles. I always believe that he, he had opportunity early in his ministry to take a, a large church in Philadelphia, and uh, he declined and stayed with this little group uh, in New Jersey. And I always felt that that Pastor Martin could have had a much uh, wider uh, ministry, a much broader influence, if he would have had the ambition to. Um, I remember the first time I heard him in person, it was in Verona, Oregon, which is a little tiny town I mean, a tiny town between Portland and the coast. And he came because they asked him to do a pastor's conference. He ended up having like 50 pastors come into this church that met at a Grange Hall in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and he had uh, turned down a preaching, uh, a preaching opportunity to go through and preach at a number of places in Australia because he'd already said yes to Verona, you know. So um, that's that's Pastor Martin. Um, you know, he was just never that uh, ambitious to make a name for himself. He wanted just to be a faithful man of God and and preach the word. So that's uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm I'm rather enthusiastic about the topic. So I could keep talking, but I'll 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 stop there. Well, I, for one, could listen to you and keep going as long as you want to, Dr. Borgman. This this is incredible um, biographical information and really the personal touch that you have, having known him, having studied him uh, for so many years. It, it just comes out. And I love how you, you noted that Al Martin could be described as a preacher's preacher because even those of us who are shepherds and have been entrusted with uh, uh, pastoring the flock of God, uh, we need men to feed our souls and um it's clear that that martin devoted his life his ministry to feeding the souls of christ church as well as those who would be overseers of christ church as well and i want to i want to transition now into a little bit of some of what some of what made martin such a powerful preacher uh, you mentioned john murray's praise of Al Martin. You mentioned J.I. Packers. Of course, you have been singing his praise as well, and rightly so. Um, what characteristics would you say really 
really stand out amongst all the others that that are relevant to Albert Martin's preaching? And maybe in this book, uh, maybe you could tease out how in this book you you developed those characteristics and wanted the reader uh, to consider them at greater length for their own benefit. Yeah, let me let me do that uh, from from two different angles. The first would be the um, my my initial exposure to his preaching, which of course was through cassette tapes. Uh, I had listened to uh, a lot of preaching and 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 a lot of good preaching. I I listen, you know, order tapes and have drives and just listen. And um, when I when I started listening to, to Al Martin, there was this tremendous sense that, that he spoke consciously in the presence of God. There was a sense of, of reverence and awe in his preaching. Um, this was, you know, this was no clown um, this was no, uh, you know, he, he was not a comedian. He was, he was in dead earnest and he, he preached, you know, it, it's sort of Baxter's, uh, dictum of, you know, preach as a dying man to dying men as to never preach again. And, and, and he embodied that. And so there was, there was something that was uniquely different, uh, about the kind of preaching that I that I heard from him the first time. So I'd say that's the first thing that sort of marked that that distinctiveness to his preaching. Um, as I as I further studied preaching and in particular his uh, his lectures, the books that he recommended, all of those things, um, all of those things kind of contributed to helping me understand more and more why he was the way he was, and. Um, and so I would say that, that, that some of the things that really stood out was, one, um, a, a, a deep belief in the necessity of the call to the ministry. Okay? Um, if, if a person is called to the ministry, um, then, then they cannot but preach. And it is that, it is that sense of divine calling and of course, he had a very, uh, uh, very robust ecclesiology, uh, a very um, well thought out uh, theology of the call to the ministry. But it was it was one of those things where um, that that calling uh, undergirded everything else that you did, and um, and then I would say also, and this this is in some ways sort of the outline. Um, uh, in the book that I followed, and that was, uh, and then the importance of the life of the preacher. Um, you know, or in his early days, he was exposed to a lot of the, um, um, there was sort of a movement, as it was, it was pretty uh, predominant in the Southeast, and these guys were Calvinistic Baptists, but very also still still very fundamentalist, um, and and as he began to sort of hang around some of these guys, he noted that their life was 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 pretty sloppy, 
And, and so his commitment to the idea of, of genuine piety uh, among the ministry, among ministers, uh, really was a very, very strong note. In fact, if, if I could say any text that I heard him preach multiple times, it would have been 1 Timothy 4.16, you know, watch yourself and your doctrine, you know, your life and your doctrine, and in so doing, you'll save yourself and your those who hear you. And so I would say that that was another very, very important part of that. Um, maintaining close fellowship with Christ, walking um, in, in, in a genuine um, experiential walk with God. Uh, that was the that was going to be the fountain from which everything else flowed in your life. And then then I'd say his his theology of preaching. And that was one of the things that first attracted me. Um, but, you know, so I'm in seminary in the early 90s. Yeah, and so you have to understand that everything is, is very um, uh, seeker-sensitive, seeker-driven. Um, this is, you know, uh, Bill Hybels is at his, at his height. Um, uh, Rick Warren is, is not even well-known at this point. Um, and so there was a lot of stuff that was on, uh, on preaching, but it was stuff that was, that was more technique, more te uh, method, right? And more, you know, reaching, you know, seekers or reaching boomers or whatever. Um, and so listening to Al Martin, there was a, there was a, a, a developed historical biblical theology of preaching which I just thought was, was I mean, almost absent um, in, in the circles that I was in. And then I'd say one more thing, and that is the, the act of preaching or, or the delivery was something that was absolutely captivating. So for him, he preached as it, <laughs> the, the whole man preached to the whole man. Right. So so, you know, the idea of um, just standing behind the pulpit, grabbing the edges and going through your sermon, that that was not the kind of preaching that you saw with with Al Martin. You saw somebody that poured their 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 heart, their soul and their body into preaching. And he had a developed uh, theology of the act of preaching, which again was just, um, I mean, almost unheard of. You know, you, you saw it in old books, you know, um, but you didn't see it in new books uh, on preaching. This has been excellent to consider. And uh, in my own experience of hearing Albert Martin preach for the first time, this is not to praise him. He's just a unprofitable servant and he would say the same thing for sure um but the first time i ever heard him i thought to myself wow this is this is preaching that comes with power from the holy spirit the type yeah. of preaching that uh comes in power not in word only but in the holy spirit with full conviction and i i would imagine that he petitioned the lord many times that the lord would grant that so um May the Lord grant that to our listeners 
as well. And may our, our listeners, um, maybe they are able to look to Albert preachings, Albert Martin's, excuse me, Albert Martin's preaching method, his delivery, um, some tips of his from sermon preparation. Uh, do you have any of these things that we consider can consider from Albert Martin's preaching to help pastors improve as homileticians? Because I think if I remember rightly in a lecture that I heard from Albert Martin, he describes homiletics as either a science or art. I can't remember of both preparation and delivery. So what can um, studying the works of Albert Martin uh, teach those in the field of homiletics? Yeah. So before I forget, let me just put a plug in that um, that in his retirement, he's completed all three volumes of his pastoral theology. And uh, and I am I am incredibly thankful. Yeah, there there's one of the volumes and I am incredibly thankful for that because that was uh, really a goal of his in uh, in retirement. And and, and so that's um, th those are, are pure gold, by the way. But I would say that that what 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 he did is he would. There, there was an emphasis on you work hard in the study, right? You labor in the study. Uh, and, and, and part of that labor is you are, are praying. You are seeking the Lord. This isn't just some sort of exegetical process. It isn't just merely an academic process. It is academic. It is exegetical. But it, it is, it's profoundly spiritual. And um, one of the things that I that I love uh, about him is the way that he would uh, illustrate things. And he often illustrated he illustrated the study of the sermon and then the preparation and then delivery of the sermon in two ways that I distinctly remember. And one is that what happens in the study is is the conception and the gestation period. Um, but when you step into the pulpit, um, what has gestated is either going to be born or stillborn. So there's no guarantee that just because you worked hard in the study that you're going to have a live birth in the pulpit, so to speak. Right. Um, his other, which was um, which was in a personal conversation he and I had one time, he said, you know, he goes, when you step into the pulpit. He says, it's like getting ready to jump out of an airplane and you pull that rip cord. You hope the parachute opens with the Lord's help. If not, splat. <laughs> and uh, to me, that was um, those those two illustrations kind of reflect the fact that you work hard in the in the study. You labor over the text. You work hard at putting that. um that exegetical labor into a, a preachable form. Uh, you think through um, the needs of the congregation. You think through how to best apply this, right? So it is, it is, it is true labor. But when you step into the pulpit, that that is a different thing. That is not simply now. I'm going to share with you the fruit of my labor. 
there is, uh, so preaching itself, the act of preaching, the delivery of the sermon is itself a redemptive event that depends completely on the Holy Spirit. And if there was anything that, that Pastor Martin emphasized, it was the necessity and the role of the Holy Spirit in preaching. Uh, he believes, uh, and, and obviously I, I think practiced um, well, the idea of, of the unction uh, of the Spirit in preaching. Well, we've been enjoying a wonderful conversation with Dr. Brian Borgman on the life and preaching ministry of Albert Martin. Uh, Dr. Borgman, thank you so much for all that you've shared today uh, regarding your book, My Heart for Thy Cause, and just your relationship and and uh, insights that you've gleaned from Albert Martin over so many years of not only studying him, but also getting to know him as a dear friend and mentor in the faith. Uh, as we prepare to draw this conversation to a conclusion. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners about anything relevant to what we've already discussed about Albert Martin or maybe about preaching in general or any bonus insights uh, that, that might not have made it into the book, but uh, that you'd like to share uh, to those who are listening to today's episode? Yeah, I mean, there's there are sure a lot of things that that come to mind. I would say, just as a, a side note, that I'm I'm working on a revision of my heart for Thy cause, um, and hopefully that'll be done by the end of the year um, uh, because it's been out of print for a while. But I I want to say that, that first of all, you know, Al Martin um, was never a perfect preacher. And uh, we're certainly not holding him up as a model of, of perfection in the pulpit. He certainly had um, um, things that, that he even expressed um, that, were, that were deficiencies or disappointments at times. Um, but as far as a consistent, faithful model of someone who earnestly and passionately preached the word of God for the, for the glory of God and the good of God's people, he really stands as an outstanding model for us. And I would just, I would just sort of just say, you know, as, as we wrap this up, uh, how profoundly grateful I am that, that, that Christ gave him to the church really for as many decades as, um, as, as he, as he ministered. But that one, um, bonus, if you will, um, my wife and I were in Grand Rapids uh, summer before last, and uh, we were going to go visit him um, and um, and his uh, second wife Dorothy, who um, who has gone to be with the Lord. And I was in Baker Bookstore, and my my phone rang, and it was Pastor Martin. And for those that know, he ended up having an inner cochlear ear ear implant. Uh, like Rush Limbaugh had. And so um, um, he, he called and, and, and this is, this is just sort of the, the man that he is. Um, he said, brother, we're so looking forward to you and Ariel coming. He goes, but today is just a, a day that's, that's not a good one for my dear wife. He says, and I, I would hate, for her to feel 
the added stress of of having company today. He says, I'm so sorry. He says, I really wanted to visit with you. And uh, he said, you know, brother, he goes, I told people over, I've told the men over the years. And of course, he's referring to other pastors and then especially the uh, Trinity Ministerial Academy. He says, I've told, I've told men, you know, what, what are you when you are no longer a preacher? And he said, I'm having to deal with that right now. I can't, you know, I mean, just mentally and physically, he was not able to, to put a sermon together, let alone preach it, you know. And what struck me was that, that here was a man who, who had given his entire life to the ministry of the word and to the service of Christ and to his people. And, and as he contemplated his own stage of, of life, he was now taking to heart the counsel and advice that he had given to others uh, through the years. And it was, it was such a demonstration of humility to me. And I, I found it to be incredibly moving because so often our identity is all wrapped up in, in what we do. And there's a part of that that's just true. Um, but seeing him and seeing him even to some degree just kind of wrestle with, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a preacher, um, you know, but I still love Christ. I still love my wife. I'm still serving uh, the, the very best that I can in my, in my old age. Uh, even that seemed to me to be profoundly exemplary. Without a doubt. Um, thank you so much for sharing that uh, just by way of close and for all of your time that you have devoted to this episode on the Covenant Podcast. Uh, Dr. Borgman, I just want to commend to you your work that you've already done on the preaching ministry and preaching theology of Albert Martin and all that you do for Christ Church as a pastor and as a husband and in every other uh, endeavor that the Lord's entrusted you to. Thank you so much for all that you do, brother, and for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And as always, to our listeners, we want to thank you as well. Thank you for your continued support of the Covenant Podcast. Until next time, we wish you grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless.